0: I'm Lindsay Maloney, and this is the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I built a six-figure coaching business while raising my three babies and working a nine-to-five, and I'm here to help you break free from the hustle mentality that's been holding you back from reaching your full potential so you can know your worth, step into your own power, and of course, book your dream clients. Welcome back to another episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. We're chatting with Christina today all about Facebook groups. You might feel inspired to go and create your own after listening to this, or maybe you need to go revive one that you already started. You're going to love this episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Christina, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited you're here today.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to dive in today. Thanks for having me.
0: I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell
1: our audience about what you do and who you serve. Yeah, so my name is Christina Dandali and I'm a business growth strategist helping online business owners, coaches, course creators to grow an engaged and profitable Facebook group.
0: I was so excited that we're going to chat about this because I think there's a lot of people who claim to know how to run a profitable Facebook group and do all these things, but I feel like a lot of the information is kind of dated. So I'm really excited to dive into this. So how did you get started and how did you decide that Facebook groups was going to be like your thing? because it's something that changes so much. I feel like three years ago, it was so easy to grow a Facebook group. I remember being a part of things that were, you know, multiple tens of thousands of people. And now I feel like it's a little bit harder. So what made you want to pursue this?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it, and interestingly enough, I it actually stemmed from a place of frustration. I remember that early on in my business, I was, I was, it just felt like I was sitting down. I was at the, my kitchen table and I'd two sheets of paper in front of me. On one side, I had a sheet of paper that had like my goal numbers, my, you know, big audacious goals and plans for the year, what I was setting out to create. And on the other sheet, I had my real true numbers. And needless to say, they were not even anywhere close. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember having one of those moments of just feeling so frustrated and so down and you know, questioning what I was doing and why I was doing this and why things felt so off and being like an, an ambitious, driven woman, it was hard for me to like grasp the idea of like how I could be, you know, failing ultimately and and not, not getting the results I was looking for. And, and I, things just felt like they were painfully slow and I thought there's got to be a better way, but like, what was it that I was actually missing? And so when I looked at it, I was looking back at my corporate career and I spent 15 years in financing, finance, man- managing wealthy people's money. And as I was looking back at my career, like what was it that made it a success? Like what, what, what were the key pieces? And I realized that it was about building relationships and having connection. And I felt like I was missing that in building my online business and I was starting to build my email list, but it felt really cold. I'd send out an email and then I'd wait for a response and then I'd be like, okay, did they like it? Did they get it? I'd like obsessively refresh the stats on the back end <laughs> to see you know, if people were opening it, but I didn't know who was on the other side. I didn't know their stories. I couldn't see their faces. And so it just felt really cold to me. I thought, how can I create this online? And I decided that a Facebook group would give me the opportunity to really build to build connection and relationships. And so I kicked off. I started my Facebook group, and at the time, I was trying to get to my first ten k month, and I had been trying and trying and falling short. And then the month that I opened my free Facebook group, I had a $30,000 month and it wasn't just sales. It was like money that I'd actually received, like money in the bank. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Like what just happened? I completely blew my mind and I knew I was onto something. And And, um, you know, before too long, I had some hiccups in the road because it's part of everyone's journey. But before too long, people started asking me what I was doing to grow my Facebook group and Mm -hmm. have the level of engagement that I had. And so I started teaching people how to do it. So it, it really came from a place of, of frustration, but I I loved how you're talking about earlier saying that, you know, years ago, it was easier to grow. And I certainly started my first free Facebook group years ago. But one thing that I've always been committed to is making sure that what we're doing, like what I'm doing today is relevant, that it's working and what needs to tweak or or shift in order for it to still work. And so I went on a mission that I would start a brand new group every single year and sort of test the waters. And now I'll usually open multiple pop-up groups in a year um, Mm -hmm. that I get to have the opportunity to be able to still test like, okay, is this still work? What does it look like? How is it shifted? How are things changed to make sure that what i am teaching is relevant what i am teaching is still working and um doesn't matter if someone's getting started today or if they've started you know 6 months or a couple of years ago
0: so interesting i love that you started from a place where you struggled because I think that's so important for students to learn is that their teacher also went through this and not, it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm going to show people how to do this and I've never struggled with it. And you can't relate to people. So that's really important. I work with a lot of new coaches and one of the biggest questions they all have is should I start a Facebook group? And I always, I always encourage people to do what feels right for them. I love, I would love to hear your, um, your take on when somebody should start a Facebook group and how to decide if it's the next step for them?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So I think that one of the important things to recognize is if you're going to start a Facebook group, you want to, just like you're talking about, it needs to be in alignment. It needs to be the right next step for you. So I found that there's kind of three groups of people that a Facebook group works well for. It works really well for someone that doesn't know what they're offering yet. Uh, they have an idea, um, but they, they don't necessarily know what they're offering yet. They're not 100% clear on their audience. They've got a good idea, um, but they haven't really fully nailed that down yet because it gives them the opportunity to not be playing in other people's playgrounds, meaning being in other people's groups and and, and spending all the time there where they're not necessarily the authority. I mean, mm-hmm. you can you know develop relationships and you can you know be acknowledged in certain ways, but it's a lot different when you have people in your own playground, when you have people in your own community. And you know, say it's not about being the best in the world, it's about being the best in your ideal client's world. And you get to do that by facilitating and creating that community. And if you're just starting as well, when you build a community, when you're building a Facebook group for serving other people, when you're bringing people together for a common cause, for a common reason, you automatically get seen as the authority because you're the leader of the group. So it's not about having to have all the answers and have it all figured out. It's about bringing people together and automatically being seen as the authority because of the opportunity that you have to Pull those people together. So, I think it works really great for people that are lacking clarity in the early stages to bring their people together, to be able to engage with them, learn from them, understand from them where they're getting stuck and what they're looking for to help fabricate, create that offer that people actually want to buy. And so, I think it works great for those people. The second group of people it works really well for is people that are already making, you know, that are already making some sales but know that they could, that they wanna have more consistency with their sales. And so perhaps they might be, um, you know, The thinking of like, how can they maintain the relationship and connection with their audience in order to have more consistent sales coming in. And then the third group of people is really having, uh, you know, where you're having more like launch campaigns and you want to use it to uh, be able to scale up and and to be able to reach more people and have that organic growth. So back to the quick question of the kind of the three profiles of people that I see are, are great for a host. But I think it's important to also know that you've got to be showing up and you've, you've got to be willing to show up inside of your group. If you want to run an effective community, you can't be absentee. You can't just mm-hmm. open up the space and disappear. So you do have to be willing to spend time. Does it doesn't mean you just be spending hours a day, and I think it's important as well that you want to be a person that's going to enjoy connecting with people mm-hmm. and have that desire to connect with people. If you want to be like hands off and don't want to talk to anybody, well, then a Facebook is probably mm-hmm. not the right decision for you. But whether you're an extrovert and you love, and I would call like the friend next door extroverts, they want to tell everybody everything and hang out with everyone and, mm-hmm. and just be everyone's best friend. Or you're an introvert and you kind of like don't want to have surface level conversations, but you really kind of want to have deeper, meaningful, more connected conversations. I think it works for those both types of people. But the important piece is having that desire to want to connect with, you know, the people that you're serving and other human beings.
0: I love that take. I'm an introvert and I feel really comfortable running my Facebook group because it's in my comfort zone. So I love my community. And I think a lot of people who are debating whether they should start one, I think there's two fears that come up. One is how can I bring people? Who's gonna want to join my group if I'm the only one in it? I remember when I started my very first Facebook group. I called my mom and I said, "Can you be in my Facebook group?" <laughs> and then she said, "Sure." And then she said, "Oh, Grandma, Grandma wants to be in it too." And so my first two people were my mom and my grandma. And I always tell people I love that it. <laughs> start somewhere. <laughs> but I think they're they're so afraid to start it because they don't want to invite people to a party where there's nobody there. So let's talk about that fear first. Do you see that? Is that common with people? you work with?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, it's the fear I had in the beginning too, thinking, what oh, if no one shows up, I don't want it to be a ghost town. What are people going to think? That whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And often there's a the conversation, I just need to fill in the blank first. Yet yeah, I just need to get my website first. I just mm-hmm. need to sell my, you know, sign my first client first. I just need to blank first. And oftentimes it's still, you know, it's based around fear. Like, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Do I have enough value to bring? And I always say that it's getting started with the group and, and just getting moving with it that allows you to be put on the map to be the authority for people to recognize you that way. So it's the very thing that creates that authority versus having other things in order to do that. But I always, you know, when you first start your group, I always like to recommend that, you know, you just say like, okay, I'm going to give myself a timeline to get my first hundred members. And I recommend, you know, maybe 48 hours, 72 hours a week at most. but Give yourself that timeline to get those first hundred members in, and that 's just like a hundred percent of your focus to get those first members in so now you 've got a group because you know it it 's to your detriment if you start a group and then you have five people in it and then and then it 's like well no one 's talking well, of course no one 's talking there's only five people in the group, mm-hmm. so you want to really kick off the group and be building at least that first hundred people you know and then move on to 250, 500, you know, and, and up from there, but having those first hundred people in, in a short period of time is really going to help make a big difference too, with feeling legit and feeling like, okay, I can do this. And then comes the question of like, oh, how do I get those people in? Right? Right. How do you get those people in? So the first thing that I always say to people, don't underestimate your existing network of people and the people that you already know right where are you already spending time where are you already visible either in other social media platforms who have you already connected with have you been to in-person networking events have you gone to events and met people where have you already connected with people and i can promise you if you take a look at your phone and look at your facebook messenger or groups that you're in or people that you've connected with in the past your text messages I'm, I, I, and the different social media platforms that you're on, I can, I'm pretty sure you'll come up with a pretty substantial list of people that you've connected with that could potentially be the right fit for your group. And I always say the first, the the getting those first initial members in those first hundred people in the fastest way to be able to get them in, especially if you're just getting started It's different, if you've got an email list and, Mm -hmm. and you can invite all those people to, you know, invite your followers to come in as well. But just by personal invitation, reaching out to people and giving people a reason to Join your group. What are you gonna you gonna answer top of mind questions? Do you have a training coming up? Is there something that you're gonna do for them? Uh, you know, an example of this was when I when I first started my first free Facebook group. I thought, oh, you know what? Like, I know that my people are struggling with visibility. They're struggling with like putting themselves out there. So maybe I'll run a five day challenge on how to get seen and boost your visibility. So there was a reason for. People to join, uh, and and now it's like great. We're going to come in, and we're going like to go through. The, you know, there, there was value to giving. So I'm just like, if you want to get someone on your email list, it's not like, hey, just become a subscriber,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: rather like, hey, if you, um, I, I'll give you this, you know, free gift that's going to help you solve a problem or answer top of my question. And so you want to do the same thing inside your free Facebook group as well.
0: So what are some mistakes that you see people make when they're trying to grow their Facebook group?
1: mistakes. Um, so when it comes to growing your group, uh, and, and I think that the number one thing is that it's like stop and start. So for example, when you first start your group, having the power of focus on the growth of your groups to hit some milestone numbers in your group is going to be key first. And and just like having that as your narrow focus. For example, when I first started, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a hundred members in the first, you know, two days. And that was all I focused on in that period of time. And I devoted and I don't recommend this for everyone, but at the time I devoted an entire month to just focus on I'm just going to focus on growth on my group. That's the only thing that everything else blinders are up. My mm-hmm. own entire focus is growth on my group. And so that was hundred percent of all of my time and energy. What happens is a lot of people go wrong is they want engagement because it makes them feel good, right? Likes and comments mm-hmm. and things that people are doing. So outward engagement, or that's often how people measure engagement. I have a different measure of engagement. We'll start, we can circle back to that. But yeah. um, but they focus on engagement. And so if you only have 10, 15, 20 members in your group and you're focused on engagement, you're focusing on the wrong thing at the, um, you know, at the wrong time so you want to get those first founding members in first and, and really kind of build up the group so that you have enough members in it for it to start to be self-managed and i was you know that 500 member mark is really where things start to be self-managed but certainly once you get to 100 people can you know there's members in there to engage and interact with each other so 100% focus on group On the growth of the group in a you know shorter window of time to kick that off, and then you can transfer your focus into other areas. So that's one mistake. Another mistake too is just being uh, like you know having a name on your Facebook group that's catchy that no one really gets. It's like you know Mm -hmm. play on words (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that isn't a search term that people are going to look for. So when people are looking for you know oftentimes when people are looking for groups they'll they'll do a keyword search. Like maybe someone's looking for a group on keto diets, or maybe someone. Looking for a group on, um, you know, support group with overcoming grief. Maybe someone's looking for a group that's for female entrepreneurs. So people will type in a keyword based on what it is that they're searching for. So if you're not putting some keywords into your into the name of your group, and people are going to look for, it, they're going to they're not going to find your group. You're not going to make it easy for them to find. Mm-hmm. So. Having a name that speaks to who your ideal clients are, who you're attracting in, and who they want to become—something terms that they self-identify with—means that immediately they'll know when they see it. Like, oh yeah, this this group is for me. But if you're using, you know funny, try, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I've seen so many of them over time that people will come up and I don't want to, I don't want to say a name that right. someone has in my, <laughs> yeah. I um, don't want to insult anybody, but you know, when people are coming up with cutesy names and a play on words um, and trying to find a catchy name, they're missing the opportunity mm-hmm. to simplify and be direct and be to the point. So someone knows like, okay, this is for me or it's not. And that's definitely a mistake that I see when it comes to the growth of the group too.
0: Those are great tips. And I see that one a lot too. And I always encourage you, go into the search function and see what's out there. That's what people are looking for. I think we get stuck in our own heads so, so much and we forget the simple concept of just simplifying and making it easy for people to, to find you. So let's talk about engagement. I I think that is a big thing. And it's a little bit more difficult for people to see our posts. Sometimes we feel that way. So how can we keep the engagement up? Or what is your take on um, what you said before? It was something like, I don't measure that for engagement. So I'm really curious as to what you're going to talk about when it comes to this. Because I think everyone is, is thinking that if they're not getting likes and comments, that their Facebook group is a flop. 100%.
1: Yeah. And so most people measure engagement, right, as likes and comments. Like, are people liking, commenting, and posting? That's the outward view. Mm -hmm. But the true measure of engagement, if you actually go into your group insights, when you take a look at your active members, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what you want to see is how many active members do you have versus total members inside of your group. So Active members that are shown there are people that are liking, commenting, and posting, like the obvious ones. But it also includes those people that are viewing your content. So that means they're like clicking to read more on your posts. Mm -hmm. They are viewing your content or they're viewing your videos. They're consuming your content, but you may not know that they're there. So they're Mm -hmm. what I call lurkers. But your lurkers Mm -hmm. are actually supporting your content to be seen by more of your members. So they do play a role, but some where I see, you know, speaking of, as we're talking about mistakes before people stop and start with their content, they add value and then they think, Oh, no, one's paying attention. So they stop, but they don't realize people are always watching. And if you stop and start, you're losing trust with your audience and people start, stop paying attention, which kills engagement, which impacts your growth as well as a result of that, because people, won't, your, your group is not going to be coming up in anyone's recommended list if you don't have, uh, if, if you're not having, you know, consistent engagement. So I always measure engagement based on active members, um, you know, and taking a look at active members compared to your total members in the group. And that's your, really your true measure of engagement. And oftentimes people are quite surprised when they see that number thinking like, geez, I thought no one's paying attention to me, but people actually are. And it changes the perspective for people and really opens up, you know, opens up a possibility. So that's kind of the true measure of engagement when it comes to actually engaging members in your group. There's, uh, you know, there's a few different types of engagement and and content that you're doing. So there's. There's passive content, which I would call an active content. So active, active content in your group is like events where everyone's doing the same thing at the same time. So maybe you're doing a video or training series that everyone's going through at the same time. Maybe you're doing a challenge that everyone's going through at the same time. Maybe you're running a weekly live stream that people are joining at the same time. So it's something that people are actively participating in and they're going through the experience together. These, these tend to dramatically increase engagement in the group because people are coming together to do something mm-hmm. together. There's a, you know, a bonding connection within members as well. That, and then the passive content is more about like just posts or sort of maintenance, so to speak, on your group. This could be scheduled posts like, you know, fun Friday, thankful Thursday, Mm -hmm. you know, like the scheduled post that you're doing could also be off the cuff posts that you're doing of content that you're adding to it. So you've got the active content, you've got the passive content when it comes to the passive content. So the pieces that are just ongoing, it's not like an event that people are coming to or something that they're actively participating. It's just more maintenance inside of the group. Then you want to be making sure that you're making it about them and not about you. And this is the biggest thing when it comes to engagement is that you've got to create space to ask questions, to learn about your people and make it about them. My favorite phrase is the mantra is like, seek to understand versus seek to be understood. And mm. when we don't feel worthy enough, we don't feel good enough, we don't feel expert enough, we feel like an imposter, we feel like a fraud, we comparing ourselves to other people, we're focused inward on ourselves right? It just is like, we're mm-hmm. focused inward and when we're focused on ourselves. It often shows up in trying to prove yourself. Like I'm going to give more content and more value because it's going to prove that I'm good mm-hmm. enough. I'm going to prove that I'm worthy And that just creates disconnection with the audience when the truth of the matter is, if you want your audience to see you as the expert, if you seek to understand them, if they feel heard, if they feel understood, they're going to perk up and want to pay attention to what you're sharing. So how are you asking questions to learn about your audience? Are you asking them how they feel about your area of expertise, for example? How do you feel about... How do you feel about um, starting your business? How do you feel about um, you know getting into a bathing suit? How do you feel about you know um, I don't know fill in the blanks of what it is mm-hmm. like are you asking them how they feel? Are you opening up the conversation, inviting them to be seen to be heard, and doing it in a way that it's not you're not fire hosing content at them and you mm-hmm. know you know telling them. um, you know speaking at them but rather speaking with them and that comes from asking simple questions and so this simplifies things so much too if you think about it that geez, you can ask a question. And rather than give a a post that you could, you know, have a long, drawn out post, you could just ask like one line Mm -hmm. question for someone to fill in the blank. And immediately it's expecting a response and it's opening up the conversation. And now you've got their languaging, they've opened up, they've broken the ice. And when someone engages for that first time in response to something, they're going to be 10 times more likely to engage with you in the future.
0: That was one of the biggest turning points in my Facebook group when I just started asking really simple, random questions. I'm a very random person and I yeah. thought, why don't I implement that in my Facebook group? And and I, I have that a uh, healthy mix, business and personal, and everyone loves to uh, interact with those questions. And I I think we think we need to put out some profound post every single mm-hmm. day and we don't have to do that. And so many people are hiding because they're either hiding or they're seeking so much external validation to make them feel legit. And it's not going to work when you're, when you create a Facebook group with that intention. Um, one thing that I always hear is I don't want, I don't have a lot of time. I can't spend all day in the Facebook group. And so I think that's a big I don't I don't want to use the word excuse, but I'm going to say it. I think it's, it's an excuse people are using to not start a community for their people. So what do you have to say to those um, people who are concerned with spending too much time inside their Facebook group?
1: So I would say like, how much time is too much time? Because let me put it, let's rephrase it this way for a moment. If you could, and I just want, let's just think for a moment, like what's the number that you'd love to create in your business? Like what would be the, like the, the monthly number that you would love to create in your business that, that would be like, oh my gosh, if I could just create blank, what would that number be? And just jot it down for a moment or think it in your mind. And Lindsay, I don't know if you've got an average number that you want to throw out there that you see often people is like the mark that people want to hit, but let's play with that for a moment.
0: Okay. So new coaches, $5,000. Let's,
1: let's let's use that one. Okay. So let's say $5,000, like the number, like if I could just make $5,000, like, yeah, you know, like that I I'd be amazed. So let me ask you this. If your success was guaranteed to generate $5,000 a month in income to your business by having a Facebook, a free Facebook group and showing up and serving your audience, how much time would you be willing to put into it? And by asking this question, my experience is when it comes to time, that it usually stems from a belief of not believing it's possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the belief of like, well, if I put in the time to do that and it doesn't work, then it's a, it's a conversation around that. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to tune in as you're, you know, as you're, as you're listening to this and thinking like, well, wow, like how, if I knew it was 100% success guaranteed. What would I be willing to do, and how did that shift the perspective if you were thinking before, like I just don't have the time? So that's one perspective. The second perspective when it comes to no time is that you don't need to be spending hours and hours a day inside of your free Facebook group. In fact, you know I will spend um, and I use pop-up Facebook group strategies for my business now and and I will spend you know maybe. 30 minutes maximum in my Facebook group in a day engaging with people. Some days it's more like 15 minutes. You do not need to be spending all day hours upon hours upon hours inside of your free Facebook group, but you do need to be spending time in your business on activities that are actually going to be moving you forward to generate those clients and to generate that business. And one of the key pieces from people making a buying decision from you is having, connection with them right mm-hmm. we don't choose to buy from people that we don't relate to and don't connect with we choose to buy from people that we connect with so how much time are you spending in your business creating that connection with your audience because i firmly believe that facebook group is the number one way to be able to create that connection with your audience
0: i 100 percent agree i don't know how many students i've gotten or clients have started working with me just because i answered a question in a facebook group and i think that's almost that's so sad because I think a lot of people join Facebook groups thinking they're going to get support and they don't. And then when they finally find um, a coach or a consultant who will actually pay attention and give them mm-hmm. five minutes of their time, it's it just floors them. And I want I, I want to encourage everyone to be that person for somebody because there are millions of people out there who are looking for a community just like the one you have in your head. and I think it's our responsibility to put it out there. Do you agree?
1: hundred percent. Yes.
0: All right. This was an amazing conversation and I think everyone's feeling brave and they're going to go create their Facebook group or they may may have to go revive the one that they already have. Do you have any free resources that we can direct people to so they can get on your list and get to know you a little bit better?
1: Yes. And so I've got a grow your group checklist. There's two checklists. One is about setting the stage, like the big questions that you need to ask with kicking off your group and gaining clarity on, you know, who it's for and and some questions just to, to get the juices flowing for that and really setting the stage in a way that you're setting it up for success. And then the second one is... Everything that I did, step by step, to kick off my very first free Facebook group, and that created 2,500 members for me in three months, and it's literally broken down step by step that you can go through the activities that I did in order to call in, attract those those members into my free Facebook group, so that you have the opportunity to get started with that too.
0: That's amazing, and we'll definitely have to go and download those, and obviously go join Christina's Facebook group. Can we? How can we find your Facebook groups?
1: yeah so um those i, I this is actually a funny story, so I have had the sassy successful entrepreneurs Facebook group, which has been my core Facebook group for um, since since I kicked off originally with my first free Facebook group and um, And I've seen you know tremendous amount of growth. And then we made a choice last year to turn the group secret so that new members could not join the group. And now we 100 percent focus our energy for pop-up Facebook groups as we are running uh, campaigns and free training series. So at the time that we are uh, at the time that we go live with this um, with this podcast, there will be a group open, and I just don't have. <laughs> I can't tell It'll you what the name surprise. is going to be yet. It will be a surprise um, <laughs> for you. But it's one of the things that we've really moved to, and I think that's important to to recognize as well. Is that as our business grows and the things that we focus on grow, our you know our business model shifts, and and making sure mm-hmm. that things are always in alignment with what it is that we're doing. So. Love them, use them, and now we use them for short periods of time to go through training series and then we open and close them and, and start new ones. So we are opening new ones um, several times a year.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we will be able to know where to go if we get on your list. So be sure to review the show notes and go get on Christina's list learn how to create your Facebook group, grow it. You're going to find so much good stuff in there. Christina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was so good to chat with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I am so grateful for you and I want to be sure you are a part of my free community. Go to dreamclientcommunity.com and join our free Facebook group. We have all kinds of cool things happening every single day, so don't miss out. Also, if you love downloading freebies, check out my freebie vault on my website by going to lindsaymaloney.com, selecting freebie vault, and there you can download all the things that will help you start and scale your coaching business. And if you're feeling extra generous, be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode.